0: Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS youth ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we talk with Reverend Derek Broughton about community-focused youth ministry. Much of the time our youth ministry focuses on and resources the teenagers who are members in our congregation. We have seen them grow up, we have built relationships with their families, we even maybe wear ourselves out caring for, designing, and executing youth ministry programs for these youth. But when we talk about an end goal of young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life, that goal is not exclusive to the young people who are already in our church.
1: And the reality is that more and more teens are growing up disconnected from the church. Barna says that 34% of Gen Z has no religious affiliation. And our research found that many of these young people have never been connected to the church in their lifetime. That's a huge percentage of young people in your community who need to hear the gospel. Uh, Youth in your congregation are uniquely challenged and equipped by God to have faith conversations with their friends, with their teammates and all of their daily activities. God can use those conversations not only to share about who he is, but to connect young people in your community to God's word and sacrament in your congregation.
0: One of the things we talk about in Healthy Youth Ministry is helping young people live out their vocations in a way that actively shares the gospel with all the people they encounter. The Holy Spirit will work through them, and with this outward focus may bring new young people into your congregation. When your youth ministry is not just congregationally focused, but community focused, it brings a whole new set of discussions, ways we spend our resources and supports that we want to have in place. And today we are going to talk about how your youth ministry can move towards that community focus with Reverend Derek Broughton, who covered this topic in his chapter of Connected for Life. Reverend Derek Broughton served for 20 years as a director of Christian education in Wichita, Kansas and Woodbury, Minnesota and as a campus pastor at Woodbury Lutheran. Derek comes with a wealth of expertise from the congregation and has experience leading at the LCMS Youth Gathering and 14 different mission trips. He also served on the staff of LCMS Youth Ministry. Derek, welcome back to End Goals. For those who maybe haven't heard you on previous episodes, can you share a little about your vocations and also how you came to champion community youth ministry in your previous congregations?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Mark and Juliana, great to, to be back. And uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I think, you know, when we start looking at, uh, in particular, vocational roles, I, I, I've got to start with my role as husband and father. Um, um, just so blessed in those and they have four kids really uh, now going through this this uh, youth ministry time, uh, which is everyday practice of youth ministry, um, uh, which is such a blessing. Um and then, uh, you know, I've been very blessed to be uh, with congregations who've, who've kind of allowed me to, to think a little differently and to ask some different questions in that. And and so when we started to talk about um, uh, youth ministry, especially starting to look a little bit outside into the championing the community stuff, um, I, I think uh, for me, I, I really noticed uh, as, as we were kind of in the midst of youth ministry programming. um that there were so many of our kids that just never stepped foot into the church. Uh, in fact, we had several, uh, church members, right. That had family, uh, that, that, had kids that, you know, they would be in worship on Sunday, but they wouldn't step into youth group, uh, during yeah. the week or in, on Sunday morning. And, um, and I think for me, it really started with, with a heart for those kids of saying, well, how do you reach out to them? Um, and we were so program driven at the time that we really didn't have, any other avenue uh, to to kind of connect with them. This was before this was before text messaging um, was, (laughs) was there. Um, In fact, I still remember getting my first phone uh, that was able to do that for change ministry forever. But um, I think in those days, it was just really a hard to say, well, how, how do I reach out just to the kids in the congregation who we weren't connecting with and and it really started with conversations with our kind of our youth leadership of, of saying hey what what are some different ways that we could if they never step into our programming how do we how do we value that relationship and that connection and and then eventually what happened i think out of that is as we did that um, we we kind of developed some different metrics that just said hey there there are touch points that we could do with those youth that um, that that can help bring the gospel into wherever they're at, and then I think in in the midst of of, of kind of reshifting some of those things of, of reaching out and spending more time on just that relational connection, uh, what started to happen within, particularly when I was at Woodbury Lutheran, is we started to ask some different questions of what what about the kids that will never step foot into the church, like they their parents aren't members. Uh, they're not going to be invited by someone they don't have the networks and those kind of connections and and so we just really started to to say well you know God has given us this is given us the great commission to go out um and 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 it wasn't one of those wh- where he gave the he gave it to say hey uh, I want you to go out and gather them and then bring them back in he, he said no I want you to go out and I want you to to teach and and to love and to care and um to walk with them wherever they are at. And I think as the Great Commission just really started to press in on us, um, we really said, Well, how do you bring the church to people? how, how do you how do you reach their territory? Uh, what does that look like? And what we started to notice is there was a change really that started to happen in in us and our conversations, and our heart um, was not just about taking care of uh, of the group that was there, but you know, how do you reach out? to, to this group that, that without, without doing that may never have that opportunity. And, um, and, and for us, I think it really started with an urgency. We started to have an urgency of thinking differently. And, and eventually what it did for me is, um, and, and we were, we were seeing at the time, we were seeing some pretty good growth on, on the kids that were coming in. Um, and, and it allowed the art, it allowed Woodbury in particular to say, you know what, we want to invest even deeper into our community. And eventually it ended up changing my role where that really became my focus was a youth minister to the community and, um, and added some very different, um, some conversations, including we, we actually built a a building that was um, supposed to be for, uh, for kids that anytime, anywhere could come and, and hang out. um, And where we could get to much more relational based than, than programmatic based. And, and that opened up a whole other set of doors for us.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great to hear you talk about how God worked on you and your leadership you know, over the course of time as you made that transition. And you talk a little bit about in that chapter as well, how you transition into thinking about how you're, you're caring for the young people who don't come to your church as much as you're thinking about the ones that, that do. Um, and that's a quite a big culture shift. I mean, <laughs> we can look at it in the chapter, we can hear you talk about it, but that's not a small task. Uh, what were some of the key steps that you can identify in shifting that perspective for your leadership and for your teens?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think that the biggest thing had to do, and, and it really, it if I'm honest, it started with me. You know, I, I grew up really with an instructional model of youth ministry that it was all about how do you... How do you create programs? How do you create events that will attract people to come in? And, and so I think the, the first thing it had to start with, I just, I believe the Holy spirit had to work on me of saying, you know what, that, that doesn't, it's not going to cover everybody. And, um, and there's a whole, there's a whole group of people that, that, that will never hit in that type of thinking. So for, for big part, I, I had to shift my own perspective and then, um, and then it, it really became a, a one where I had to wrestle with with the Great Commission and do I do I really take that seriously that that it that I do need to be that I am called to go out, um, and I think in the midst of that, um, what what happened is we in the conversations that we had the our adult team in particular had to get around um, a, a different way of thinking of how do we go. And, and meet them in their space and in their place, and and a big part of that I think is when you start thinking that way, you have to you have to wrestle with some of the, your own insecurities, your own your own fears. Um, it's easier to have people into your space uh, where you're comfortable and you know and you kind of control the narrative, and and it, it's hard when you start going into other people's space. And we we started really small into that of you know what were some places that. Um, we did, we did several things where we do uh, like a, at a coffee house, a local coffee house where you could just um, hang out for a couple hours and you invite some of, uh, of your kids there and, and had a chance to, to live life and talk. We'd play games together in some of that. And, and the beauty of those, those spaces is every once in a while uh, we, we knew there were high kid drawn spaces. And so they would have their friends that would come in and they would order coffee and, and what we started to notice is there, there almost became this comfort of introducing, um, hey, hey, have you met so-and-so? Uh, and, and, and they just became really comfortable in, in kind of introducing us as significant people in their life. And it started to create some new conversations. Um, and then we used that, I think, with, the, with our leadership team. And we started using that with the kids and saying, you know what, it actually, is, it's not as complicated, I think, as what we at first thought it was going to be. And and then that that started opening up some other doors for us, um, and so we started thinking about uh, you, you know what, what first of all what what had to happen in order to take this really seriously, and probably the biggest thing for us, we I, I well, if I'm honest, we had to get over some fears that we had, like we we really had some fears of saying well you know if we go to to where they are what if what if they ignore us or uh, i know our youth had a lot of fears of saying hey if i if i go into this local coffee shop do do i introduce them to to my director of christian education because now my church world and my personal world are starting to connect and do i feel safe with that and i think the more that we started the more that that started to happen and they felt comfortable like that didn't you know, like their world didn't blow up when they got, when, um, when their friend met us. Right. And, and I think as they became more comfortable with that and our adults started coming more comfortable about it, we we saw this urgency that kept stirring into us of saying, well, what are some other things that we could do to get out there? And, and, and I think for a lot of our adults, we were so comfortable and, um, and kind of being in our space. And that's what the church is for us, right? It's, it's our territory. We control the narrative. And, um, and we know that those that are coming to the church, most of the, most of them are choosing to be there. And when you go into those, the, to the spaces outside of the church, they're not necessarily choosing to be in your presence. They're, they're choosing other things, but it does allow the opportunity for that connection to make. So I think that was a, that was a really big thing. And then I think the other thing that we really looked at we were looking at a lot of community surveys and and you know who how many kids went to church and things like that. And and it very quickly we recognized that half of the youth in our community was never gonna step foot into any of our churches. Not not just our church, but any of our churches. And we kept on I think as we as we wrestled with this, we had to press into that and saying, Are we okay with that? Like can can we can we not step into that space and, and, and be okay with that, uh, that we don't even have opportunities for those, those 50%. And, um, and what, what I think really happened is the Holy Spirit started to create this holy discon, discontent in our lives of saying, we can't be, uh, you, you know, we were called into that space. And, and, and then, then it got really fun as the door started to open.
0: I want to go back to uh, one of the topics you brought up um, in that conversation uh, just to spend a little time talking about it. And I appreciate your honesty in the chapter, um, of both the reader being able to see that and think this through. But <clears throat> you talked about actually where you got some pretty significant pushback. You talked a little bit maybe with the adults and leadership, but that it was actually with the youth themselves maybe on some of these transitions. And one part was certainly the silos of their world kind of coming down and to seeing their church adult supporters or their parents and being in different roles in their life and working through that and what the relationship side looks like. But also certainly we talked about on the podcast too, that the culture our teens live in is not always open to hearing the gospel. So Christian teens are going to experience many challenges as they embark on their ministry journey, as you call it in the chapter. So what are some of the particular areas areas youth ministry can target to equip young people in sharing the gospel in their everyday life?
2: Yeah, it actually makes me laugh to think about some of those early days because I, I you know, our, our our youth are very comfortable and, you know, kind of um, uh, making separate compartmentalizing their lives. Mm-hmm. And they've got their church friends and they've got their school friends and they got their athletic friends. And and, and I think on, on one hand, they don't always know this, but when those worlds start to combine a little bit and they they actually mesh well there, there's added comfort in that for them, but there's that fear of what if they don't, or what if, what if this this one group sees this other group and and they combat each other a little bit, or um, you know, if, if they see me as a, I'm one way with with my church friends, I'm another way here, and, and it's hard to reconcile those two when they when those two environments collide. Um, I, I laugh because when we first started, um, it w- and we started really small it was a coffee house every Tuesday, I think it was for two hours. And, and I noticed that kind of our core kids, they, they were the first to get there and they would always pick the table furthest in the back. Like, like you could, if we went any further, we'd be in the restrooms. I, I mean, it was as far away from the ordering, um, counter as possible. And, and I, and it took me a while to figure out what was going on. and there was that once again that fear of what happens if their friends come in. and um, and, and it took a couple of brave uh, a couple of our brave core kids who who started to do the introduction thing as their friends came in. and the others kind of saw that modeled. And I think when they they saw that it actually went okay, they they gained a little bit more confidence to do that. but I, I think the other side of it, what we noticed that we had to, I think within our teaching had to to teach a little bit differently um, that, uh, you know, we, we had to spend a lot more time just in the gospel itself of, you know, how does the gospel, uh, run across every part of their life? How does it speak in to their own life? And they were separating that, it, it, you know, it, it did in the, when they were in church, but it didn't when they were in with their athletic groups and and they didn't make that connection. And so we had to spend a lot more time, you know, how does this apply in every aspect of your life? You, um, what what does it mean that God's grace is abundant and gracious for you in your life as as sinners and 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 people in need of forgiveness? Um, well, is that not the same gospel that is for your friends? Does, do your friends not need that in the same way? And, and so we started challenging them a, a lot within kind of the narrative of of how you know is it, it, this gospel is not compartmentalized? It comes across everything and. I think as we challenge them a little bit, we would actually use um, some of those encounters within the coffee side uh, 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 to to kind of bring into uh, how how does that work for that friend? And we'd start to name them. You know, you, um, you know, Betty. You, you when you introduced me to Susie, what does God's grace mean to Susie in her life? And became a little bit more personal in that. And then the other aspect, we just had to we had to counter some of the false narratives that they had in their lives uh, that there was some tension that they had to wrestle with uh, when they started separating and saying, yeah, the gospel's here, but it's not there. And said, Nope, it's, it's across that. And, um, and for us, those were some really rich moments. We, we helped our adults to talk about is just um, of, of kind of combating that false narrative. And we, I love to use the thing of saying, okay, uh, you said this, but what if you're wrong? What, what if you're wrong? And and start talking through some of those kind of elements, because I think what we were seeing is they were they were quick to, to give the gospel to some people and and they were hesitant to give it to others. And uh, and a lot of it was behavior. Right. And, and I think some of it was just personal stuff that they were wrestling with, uh, where they, they were they were struggling with their own, their, their own personal stuff in this other group. And by inviting that other group into it, it, it started to collide that tension in their life. And it just gave us some open doors, I think, to talk through some of that stuff. And, um, so we, we, we kind of worked through that. And I think is the more that we talked about the real stuff and the real encounters that were going on. Um, I, I, I just, I just think that their, that their comfort and their truth started to collide. And, um, and then we were just very honest about that. I, I think and it would start with the adult leaders. We had to talk about how, what does that look for in our lives and what, what happens when our comfort and our truth collide and that there's a risk that we have to start taking because the truth becomes more valuable to us than our comfort. And um, the more I think as adults we started to model it, the, the better that we saw um, our youth starting to pick
0: up on that. I have to imagine that opened up really good questions about, I mean, just giving opportunities to teach, teach God's word, teach the gospel. And like, like, I think you were saying too, probably your own challenges to teach yourself and your adults and the questions that are brought in to learn from the young people to say like, Hey, when we do this, this is what it means for us. And probably some even application back into their adult lives to say like, Oh, that's the same challenge we have. I'm going into the world. So I can, I can only imagine the rich conversations that came out of that and being in God's word together with young people.
2: Yeah. And I think in that, Mark, one of the things I loved about it is um, as as our adults were teaching right in this in their small groups kind of a thing, they were bringing in real life examples from exactly. their own life. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, I'm teaching this way, but I've got my coworker that's four cubes down from me. And um, and now I'm challenged like I've I've you know, do I really believe the comfort Versus mm-hmm. truth, and 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 uh, that's wrestling to me, and and so I loved it that we would see over weeks that they would bring in different things that they were motivated to do that, and so the so you know both both cultures uh, started to work together with with uh, what was going around them, so it was beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And part of how you reached out into your community, you've mentioned a couple of different ways that you guys did that, was also with connecting with schools nearby. Um, And schools can be really powerful partners in the process, uh, but that can also be kind of a sticky relationship to navigate sometimes. So maybe I would love to hear you share a little bit about how you uh, might encourage youth practitioners to connect with their local schools and what might be some of the the issues that they're going to discover around that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what was, what was interesting for us. And, um, and, and so I, I'll back up just a little bit. They, uh, as we started this, this coffee element and there were some other things, little things that we kind of added up as we were starting to experiment and try a few different things. And then, um, one of the things that kind of came up is we, we had some conversation with some other, uh, youth leaders in our, our community. And we started asking this question is a kind of a bigger group of, you know, what, um, what are what, what's unique to, to kind of what's going on in our community. And um, one of the things that came, we, we just, uh, I, I know that was a, a big personal prayer of mine. Our adult leaders started praying about a lot of that stuff. And one of the things that, that came out of this was real love for, um, and, and almost a little jealousy that our school officials get to spend time with our kids five days a week. And, you know, at best we get two, <laughs> <laughs> and, and for limited hours. Uh, and, and so we started thinking about they, they have so much more of an opportunity to start to shape the lives of our kids. And, and we knew we had a lot of, of, of great Christian leaders and teachers and administrators within our community. And, um, and I think as we started talking about that, we, we said, you know, how, how do we partner with them? How do we come alongside them? Uh, what are, what are ways that we can support them? Cause they, they have a hard job. They have a tough job that requires a lot of them, um, long hours and, um, and, and they do it because they have the same heart for these kids, for their futures and their vocations and the things that they do. And, and so we had a lot of things that we really felt like we had in common with them. And so then what we started to do is, um, we, we, we created opportunities to, uh, to to have connections with them in, in many ways. And so we, we started with just a simple thing, how do you love on your teachers, uh, your administrators, the, the, the principal at the, the local high schools and, and every it, it started out simple with a few emails, a, a few um, we would send prayer cards to teachers and just say, hey, thank you for all that you do. Uh, so grateful for all the time and just know that there is there are people that are praying for you and are, are so grateful for, for all that you do for our young, our, our young kids. Um, we, we started encouraging parents to do some of that same thing of how do you speak into the lives of those teachers? And what we started to know was, was some, almost some, some obstacles that, that started to break down. Um, I I know church and school sometimes can have this tenuous relationship between each other that it's, we said like separation between church and state and all this stuff, but we do have some common hearts together, um, for our kids. And so we just started concentrating more on those kind of things, not being adversarial, but what we really noticed is it started to open up doors. And, um, and, and so one of the, one of the big things that we did is we gathered just a group of us and just asked if we could have time with the principal, if they could tell us a little bit about, you know, the things that they're doing, um, the, the, the great stories that are coming out of, of the school. And, and then we asked, we just asked a simple question. We said, you know, what are, if if you could get a group of people to come around and support what you're doing in a way uh, to fill in some of the gaps that you're seeing, uh, what what would some of those gaps look like? And um, and I'll tell you, there were three conversations that came out of that question. Um, and uh, and what was what was so powerful for us is. It, it opened up some ministry doors that we weren't even in tune to, like we, we weren't even thinking about. Um, and, and so when we, we just started saying, hey, we're, we're here to serve and to help and to walk alongside you in whatever way. And because we were doing some of the little things beforehand, there was this receptivity of saying, oh, you know what? They're, they're not combating us. They're, they're trying to walk with us. And, uh, and it opened up some great opportunity, um, some great ministry opportunities.
0: I've loved to hear stories of where I I remember someone talking about that, you know, that kind of ministry to where like when, when we went in without an agenda, the doors that open. And like, I appreciate how you said it too. Like when we can find the common ground we have with our schools and teachers, like I said, I mean, if they're good schools and they're good teachers, they're going to, we're going to have so much in common with them. And we care for our young people. We want what's best for them. We're helping them grow and mature. And so that can be just a beautiful spot for those relationships to connect. And I just appreciate that you took the approach to support them in that way. So again, it was a way that we're supporting you in the work that you do and thankful and really giving thanks for them on a regular basis. No doubt you do that through words of encouragement, but certainly through prayer too. And I know you've said it a lot of times already in the podcast tonight, uh, and you also say it um, uh, in your chapter, is that importance of prayer, um, that process of connecting uh, in the community of young people around the church and so, what are some ways that you incorporated regular prayer as
2: part of the process of focusing more on
0: the community?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the the prayer is really um, it, it's it's it had to be less about you know Derek's agenda, right? God, what are you doing? Uh, where are you already working here, and 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 where can I where can I join with you um, with, with what you're doing? And so prayer really became more of a, a discerning process in that of, of, of God, where, where are you calling us to our next steps? And so I think even within the, when we met with this principal, and it, she had about five different opportunities, um, including she said, Hey, we have all these dances and we're always in short of chaperone. And I was, I was pretty thankful that I think during prayer, God was not calling us to, to that. I I believe I, 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 I did not see an urgency in, in that at all. Um, But, but there were about four other opportunities that, that, that she kind of laid before us and said, Hey, here's just some, some things that we're having an issue with or some problems with. And one of them in particular there, there, were four of us that were asking this question, and we just—I think through prayer—we we just felt that this is a door, this is an opportunity here. And they, they were right next to a park, and so when the school bell got out, um, they would have this whole group of of teenagers who who didn't have a lot of probably didn't have a lot of structure, didn't have uh, a really a place to go. They weren't involved in the after school activities, and so they'd go hang out in the park for two hours and. And it was just a absolute problem. I I mean, the police were there all the time. And, um, and just a lot of different kind of groups that were, were in this and there were, there were fighting and there were, you know, there were smoking and and probably drugs in the midst of, of that they were concerned about as well. And, and I think as they were kind of laying that out, we thought, you know, here's a great opportunity. Here's a great opportunity. And, so we we in the midst of the prayer we started saying well what would it look like to kind of connect with and and to to hang out with this group of of kids and we just can not we actually came up with a really simple idea of what if we showed up into this park and just started grilling hot dogs and handing out free mountain dew and we thought well kids love to eat and they love mountain dew how could this go wrong and and you know real simply you know this could be a very long story but simply we had all these adults were like, yeah, we love that idea. Um, we're going to donate all you, all the, the supplies. And so it didn't cost a cent for it. And we just said every Thursday, we're going to get, we're going to hang out in the park for two and a half hours and we're just going to grill hot dogs and, and see where this goes. And what, what happened the first time I'll, I'll never forget, there were four of us in in the park and we just, we wanted to kind of be ready. So we were, we had the charcoal in, we're lighting the grill and we're making sure that the, that uh, everything was ready, had the pop all out on the tables, and hot dogs are about ready to go on. And uh, the school bell goes, and all of a sudden, all these kids are coming down and, and funneling into the park. And yeah, we're, we're, we're both getting excited and nervous at the same time and wondering how this is going to go. And um, we're, we, uh, we're just about to put the hot dogs on, and, and, and then all of a sudden we, we, we had this one issue. We're like, oh, wait a second. Okay, there are four grown men in this park with a bunch of high school youth, cooking them food who they have no connection with, and we thought, well, th- this is a little creepy, actually, if you think about it. And so we're like, I-, I don't, I don't even know, like, how do we, how do we break this moment? Because there, we, we don't even know, like, none of us knew any of the youth that were in the park at that time, so we didn't even have a connection point, and um, we it was that moment. We said, we got to pray about this. We got to pray about this. And so we were sitting there and we were praying about it. And we just said, God, would you give us wisdom in this? Would you give us a, a moment of connection of, of, of where you want to take this, where this is going to go? And, um, and we said, amen. And literally about 20 seconds later, one of the kids came down and said, Hey, can I have one of those pops? <laughs> I mean, 20 seconds later. And we <laughs> said, yeah, absolutely. If, and if you want a hot dog, you want a hot dog? Come down. You you can have one of those too. And they're like, cool. And as he was starting to walk down, uh, the there were there were another twelve people in, in the group that were kind of hanging out in the, the further side of the park, and none of them wanted to come. And so they they all they yelled down, "Hey, grab us one too! Grab us one too!" <laughs> and and it was such a God moment where where he goes, "I am not grabbing you anything. If you want one, you can come and get it yourself." And, and I think about that moment a lot, like in, in that moment he could have grabbed and he could have went out and that separation would always been, but because that statement was made, they one by one kind of gradually came down and, uh, and I love it. That first interaction, I'll never forget that day where they, they just came in and said, they're like, who are you? Are you guys the cops? Are you guys the cops? What, what, I mean, they were suspect of us and we just kept on saying, nope, you know what? We're, we're, um, we're from the church. We we just we we love youth. That that's what we do with our whole life. We we love youth. We um we we've centered our whole life for just around supporting, encouraging, loving, and um, we know that Jesus loves us and he loves he loves this this school. And so we just wanted to 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 be nice and encourage y'all. And and they said, oh, that's really cool. And 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 then we said, and we're going to do this every Thursday. Uh, so let people know if if you want to do that. We'd love to have you back and stuff like this. And what happened? Um, we were just kind of amazed what happened. Eventually we would see usually about 60 to 70 kids that would come and just hang out and have a pop, uh, have a hot dog and a pop every Thursday. And they started sharing stuff that, that um, they, they started letting us know, uh, you know, what was going on in their life. There would other, there'd be uh, one of my favorite things. Other people would kind of come into the circle. And when they came into the circle, uh, we didn't have to defend ourselves. They started defending us. Uh, I'll never forget the one that you're like, yeah, yeah. What, what what's going on? Like there there's something here. Like you, people just don't give out free food and Mountain Dew. And one of the 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 first groups that came down, one of the leaders of that just said, "Hey, they love kids. Get off their back." I mean, <laughs> like, it was all, they were starting to defend us now, and and um, just created a real rich environment uh, where we were able to uh, to hear kind of what was going on in their lives. And, and then they started letting us pray for them. You know, hey, can we just pray into your situation? We know you've got some big things going on. And, and they allowed that. And, and so it was really a, an amazing opportunity to bring the church into to, uh, to a group of kids that, that just they weren't going to be in the church. Uh, anyway, it was, it, was, it was a powerful reminder for us on how God is, is moving all around us. And, and we just got to look for those opportunities.
1: Yeah. And it's so great to hear how God works through that, you know, the risk that we take. I think it was Mark Blanke said a couple of weeks ago, right? Like talking about um, how it's it's risky to go out and and share the gospel, but but so, so important. Um, And, and I think sometimes as we, think about what those possibilities can look like that can be a little bit overwhelming. Like, I don't know how, how, how I get there. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of steps to, to getting to that and a lot of prayer that has to go and discernment that has to go into the wisdom of how you do reach out because you could look like a. Like creeps in the park, you know, and if you're in the wrong spot, you know. uh, And and luckily, God works through through all sorts of different situations. But at the end of your chapter, you end with like a whole series of questions that youth ministry leaders might use to consider. Um, how they would step out in those these places and in in their own context and in their own ways to be able to do those things. Um, Think about there are a lot of questions there, but are there some key questions you would pull out for lay leaders who are thinking, okay, I get this, I want to try this. What kind of questions should I be asking myself and my leadership as we think about stepping out in these places?
2: Yeah, and, and I think even, you know, looking into um, this COVID time, right, of going through this last year, is raised up different questions uh, now than it was a, a year ago. I mean, I, I remember writing this, and we, we weren't even thinking about COVID and in digital side of ministry and all those kind of things. I, I think the biggest thing, when I reflect back, is probably the, the biggest element um was, uh, between where are your passions, you know, where, what, what does God really put on your heart, um, uh, along with an urgency in those. And then probably the biggest thing that we really walked with is, um, you know, where are the gaps in your community? Where, where are the, where are, um, elements where, um, where, um, the, the, where you can speak into that. You've got the resources, you've got the people, you've got the compassion, you've got the heart to speak into what some of those gaps are. Um, for, for us, we found it just with a common conversation with the principal who loved her kids and wanted um, wanted the best for them. And, and we discovered, this is the beautiful part about it, we didn't even realize that gap was there uh, until we had that conversation. So I think it is, you know, uh, how, how do you how do you create stronger networks within people who have common uh, heart for for youth within your community? And they're all over. And, and and it was it was so cool. This one simple gap. What what started to do is we started to to, to meet that. We, we started meeting other people that were speaking in different parts of the gap. We had um, some community educators, and they heard what we were doing, and they wanted to get a part of that. And we were able to get, uh, because of those kind of connections, uh, we, we had some community agencies who were working with some kids in some trouble situations, and they found out we were working with them. And now we had a common conversation going on, and we could kind of speak into some of the things that were going into this, to this family. So I think even by, by looking at those gaps and figuring out where those are, um, it, it starts to connect you to other people who are speaking into those same kind of things and just broadening that network, which is a, a really great thing. And then I, I think that the biggest thing I'd always challenge you is you know um, do we have a sense of urgency for the kids that will never step foot into our church uh, do we have a sense of urgency for those kids that aren't a part of youth group um, who are with their parents but for a variety of reasons just don't don't feel the comfort to come on on our um, our youth night and um, I, I think for for me in, in particular that that has been a very it, it, that became a very personal discipleship journey for me of, of what does that look like? And so I think as we start to ask those type of questions, what it, what it starts to do is I, I had to give up elements of what I thought youth ministry was all about, and I had to start changing some of my philosophy. I, I know um, we talk a lot about it's all about relationships, and we had to, we had to shift that and to really lean into that. And I, I think the other side of it that, that's really hard is how do you get your 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 leadership to get on board? Because it it is um, it is a lot harder sometimes to sell that vision sometimes in, into our leadership board because uh, to do some of that stuff, you're taking away time from some of the programmatic stuff uh, or you have to equip some other people so that that more people can speak into that. And, and you'll have parents who are going, well, why are you spending more time with? with these kids and not the kids in the church and so it, there's just a lot of there, there's some tension that you got to work through and talk through and and uh the beautiful thing i think is is um we would continually come back to the gospel and the gospel is for all people uh, both in and outside the church and uh how do you how do you take the church to other to to other places to other communities so that they get a touch of, of jesus right where they are at mm-hmm.
1: I am really grateful for Derek's uh, passion for the gospel and uh, his willingness to challenge both himself and his leaders and his teens in his congregation uh, to face kind of, they're stepping out of their comfort zones, approaching that fear, um, being willing to take a risk because the gospel is that important, because God's truth is that important, and that value that we have there. Uh, oftentimes we speak that, but, but it, it's not often that we have a chance to really think through what does that really mean for us in the context of our youth ministry, and that's a huge challenge. <laughs> uh, it's a big uh, it can be a big culture shift. Uh, and so we're really grateful that Derek was uh, willing to share his story of how that worked and sometimes didn't work <laughs> and the, the ways that they navigated that uh, in his previous congregation.
0: Uh, appreciated this uh, conversation uh, today, but also in the chapter too. I mean, you know, certainly to, he doesn't take it lightly in terms of the challenges that are there, those hard conversations that have to happen, uh, those times that worked on his life as well as through leadership of the church and the young people themselves. So I certainly see that, uh, perseverance is a key part of this. I um, in bringing in that, uh, that structure and also getting the right people behind that movement to, to think about that. And, and again, I love that word of urgency, um, that we, because we love young people, the young people in our own church, but also those in our community to kind of really adopt that thought. I mean, that, that's kind of probably maybe an old school way of thinking about, you know, the old parish system and stuff like that. You kind of had that structured way, which was your community, but for us to bring that back into the church and how do we care for the people inside and outside the church? And how are we, again, taking, uh, being kind of the, the light on the hill to so many people who do not know the gospel, I'm um, going to give the truth. And, and man, what an awesome opportunity to start that with young people and to have those conversations.
1: Yeah, so when we're thinking about that's end goal of disciples of Jesus Christ for life, we're thinking about our young people, how we're discipling them, but also how are we instilling in them that urgency and the value of the gospel that we want them to be sharing that with, with the young people in their in their communities and the places that they interact with them in their vocations? And how are we modeling that as well, um, both as individuals and then as a youth ministry? How are we saying that we value that community of young people who maybe would never come into our congregation.
0: Right. And I, th- I think that then opens up that conversation too. Like, I, I'm sure that had to be maybe some of those steps to go through. I think it's so easy sometimes that we, we vilify or it becomes a conversation of us and them, us in the church, those outside the church. And for us to have those abilities to go to a you know leader in a school, a public school, and say, hey, what are the things we have in common? What are these cares we have for young people in common? You know, if, if it is issues with our young people that we can be lifting up and praying for and supporting and to be able to have communities come together and say, we care for our young people. And, and we, we want to work together on those things and find that common ground uh, to where, we, again, we can be able to express our faith and have those relationships that build in man. And again, with that, not only how the Holy spirit works through that, but then the example it sets for our young people as they do with their peers. And then also as future adults and leaders in our, our world, and our churches to be able to see the beauty of how the Holy spirit works through that process. It can be just a great learning process opportunity as well as just the fruit that comes from those conversations and God working through that.
1: And not every experience of reaching out into your community, caring for those young people is going to look like Derek's, right? Like that was his particular <laughs> right. context, right? And so I think that's why we asked a lot about the prayer and all the questions yep. right. that you're going to ask. If you read the chapter, um, don't. we're not asking you to mimic what Derek did yep. in his congregation. We're saying, These are. this is a strategy that he took. These are the kind of the philosophies and the ways that we're asking questions, the things that we're taking seriously in order to be able to get um, to a place where you are reaching those young people, as well as discipling well the people who are already in your church.
0: Uh, I think it just becomes a good time to understand your community. Where are the uh, holes that a church can step into? And what are the resources that are there too, to work together, um, really to have that time of listening, which can be a great Experience beyond even youth ministry, just into your community in terms of how you reach out together as a church and individual Christians in their vocation.
1: So some things for you to consider as you go forward. Um, How can you start some conversations uh, in your youth ministry about how your youth ministry can care for the young people who aren't connected with your church alongside the youth who are at your church?
0: How are you and your leaders modeling actively sharing Jesus in your vocations and becoming supportive adults who your youth feel safe introducing to their friends.
1: And finally, where are some of those gaps in your community that your church could step into? Um, and how can you identify those gaps through maybe networking with other people? Uh, who are uh, invested in your community as well. And we will continue to keep you in our our prayers as you consider um, both how you disciple the young people in your congregation and also how you and your youth ministry follow God's calling uh, out to live out that great commission. We know that there's already a lot of pressure on your time, but we also know that there is an urgency to share the gospel with a generation that often is not connected to the church and who does not know who Jesus is. And so as much as we, uh, we love uh, the comfort uh, that we have, uh, we also know uh, that God is calling us to, to risky places, but also because that will help uh, us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others.
0: Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFU Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry, to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfu.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.